Okay, friends, my guest today is none other than Hoover Stank. We've been friends for many years and have some awesome stories from all the stuff we did when we were kids. Uh, while we didn't get to most of those stories today, we did talk about his recent weight loss of 115 pounds, the cannabis industry, and BB guns at school. Hua is a smart, dedicated, goal-driven beast, and he really achieved something amazing. He is my friend, my brother, my brosom, Brandon James Aloysius Hoover. You're looking rather svelte these days. Thank you. Hoover Stank. I did a little bit of work on it. What, what, what's been going on? I lost 115 pounds in the last 11 months. 115 pounds. I was at 365 after I had my back surgery. And uh, I was at 250. I'm not there after eating prime rib yesterday, but. What are you going to do? It's Christmas. Yeah. I got down to 250. What What is your goal? 220 and to maintain somewhere in that area. Maintain 220. When I, when I originally started, 250 was my goal because at 365, that seems like a mountain you're not going to climb. But I did it and now I want more. <laughs> Gotta have it. So you weighed three sixty five, mm -hmm. and you had significant back issues. I still have significant back issues, but and so when did it start? When did you decide that you were going to lose all this weight? Um, when I had the surgery, they told me that you know losing weight will help your back feel better. Yeah, and then uh, I had the surgery. It didn't make my back feel better, and then the doctor just told me he was like, "You're too fat for it to heal right." He was really honest. He it, said those words. It hurt my feelings a lot. Yeah, he <laughs> said he said you're just too big of a guy for the, for it to work on. And uh, after you already had it done yeah. and all the bills are paid and everything, he yeah. tells you that. Yeah, but he'd also told me when I was a lot smaller, when I originally hurt myself, I was too fat for it to work on, and so the how, extra sixty pounds I'd gained didn't help that situation. How how did you hurt your back in the first place? Working at H two Oregon. The water bottling company with our friends. In the Dallas, Oregon? In the Dallas, Oregon. Mm. Yeah, drink Sierra. <laughs> Get Fuji. Are they? Uh, yeah, Fred, Fred Meyer's Meyer. distilled. Did you, what year was that? That was like. I hurt myself in June of 09. Mm -hmm. And are they still a company? Yeah. Yeah. A bigger and company than they were. Did they, what, did they help you out? Work, workman's comp? Worker, kind of? Workers' compensation helped out. Yeah. The company didn't. No. No, you were just, they, they threatened to fire me if I went to the doctor. So I quit and went to the doctor. Damn. You were just working one day and lifted something. Yeah. You know, we worked around a conveyor belt where the bottles would come out and the bottles come out of a machine that fills them. So they're wet. And I just turned one day to put it in a rack and slipped and went down. No, I just like my feet came out as I was turning because mm -hmm. you'd throw them into the racks and yeah, it just hurt. You knew right away you're like, oh, something, yeah. something's yeah. bad. It was like white hot pain. Yeah. Yeah. So then you go to the doctor, <coughs> you find out that something's wrong. And then it was like, it was so debilitating. You couldn't really do it, much, it right? It hurt. And I, so I was on restricted duty, but I didn't work there anymore. Mm -hmm. So there was no duty. And then it was physical therapy and massages and all the good stuff. And then MRIs. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they just threw drugs at me. Yeah. How'd that work out? It didn't work out very good. No. Yeah. It was a lot of years on a lot of heavy stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so over the course of this 
time period you just started putting on more and more weight? Yeah. So when I got hurt, I mean, I've, I've always been a bigger guy, but when I got hurt, I was like 265, two, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe even less than that. So a little bit more than you are now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, with the, the Oxycontin and the Percocet every day and not being able to work, you know, you just sit around and take pills and watch TV. Mm-hmm. And so then this year happens and you're at your house or whatever in, was it April you started? I don't, know, I don't really remember, maybe March yeah. when I really started saying, I'm going to do this. Uh -huh. And so what, what was that moment? What, what did it take for you to get to that point? It started just, I mean, being called fat by the doctor that just did a surgery on you. Just feeling like crap every day. Waking up, looking in the mirror and just being like, who are you? Because mm -hmm. that's not, you know, you see yourself in your eyes as different than whatever everybody else sees you. Mm -hmm. And what I saw, I didn't like. So if I didn't like it, I knew other people didn't like it. And that, you know, you got to have a real talk with yourself. It hurt my feelings to let myself get to that point. But it took the doctor saying that. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, fuck it. This, I'll prove this, him wrong. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was? Yeah. A lot of motivation. Spite. I think it's cool because if I can be honest with you, I didn't think that that would ever happen. Yeah. I just thought you were going to ride it out, you know? I thought I was too. And I mean, we talked about this earlier about some other people we know. Um, you can't motivate someone else. Some You have to want to do something yeah. internally, whether that's quit doing heroin or quit drinking or quit smoking or losing a ton of weight. Like mm -hmm. you have to decide if you're going to do that. And so this doctor says that to you. And what, what did you do? You, did you like go online and look for it? I went out to the car and I cried. Yeah. Like it hurt me that bad. Like, and I even called them and said, Hey, you know, I didn't like this. This didn't make me feel good. And they, they weren't, they were like, well, you know, come on, bud. You know, what's cool though, is that guy inspired this. Dude, I can't wait to go back and see him. That's so cool, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so I cool. Mean, so it, when you decided to do it, what, I mean, this is obviously like a nationwide and a global issue. Mm -hmm. People that just reach a certain point where they're, they're not unhealthy. They're, they're too big. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's like pills. Uh, I've tried those. Exercise videos. Like, it. yeah. I mean, what, how did you make it work? I, well, I started with cutting out soda and fast food. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I look to for comfort or just soda because it tastes good. It's sugary. It tastes good. Mm -hmm. um, so I cut those out and then I just started exercising just a little bit. You know, at 365, you can't, I can't be out running sprints and mm -hmm. doing box jumps. Yeah. So I just started walking on the track and it started out, I'll just get four laps. And then it started out, let's do eight laps, you know, and I did that for a while. And I was getting the good results. Mm -hmm. And then I started saying, well, we're going to do this every day. And I'm going to work up a sweat. I'm going to do it in the morning. I'm going to start watching what I eat. I'm going to drink water. And that's probably the biggest one. Drinking the right amount of water has probably been the biggest thing for me mm -hmm. to lose weight. Replacing soda with water. Yeah. I mean, I drink a minimum of a gallon of water a day. Mm -hmm. um, I try to get one and a half in. So you go to the bathroom a lot, but... It's probably the biggest metabolism booster you can have. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it worked for me. Yeah. And then keeping yourself accountable with your calories. Mm -hmm. I have an app on my phone that I put everything in. 
the biggest one you got to be realistic with what your what your portions are well it helps to to see physical progress throughout yeah, right that's the big one because you're you're like i mean you're you're seeing that in the mirror but you're also seeing it like when you step on the scale right mm-hmm. you're seeing it go down each day i did buy a scale mhm and then a lot of it just positive feedback from my friends yeah you know i would I give, from our friends from our friends even uh, I would tell them in the polo group what my weight was that day, mm. you know, and there was months that I was losing 25 pounds. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, some of them were really, really motivational with it mm-hmm. and the compliments help. Yeah. And then other people seeing you saying, Hey, you look good. You know, anytime that somebody says that it helps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's really cool and I'm impressed with what you did and, Thank you the fact that you're sticking with it and you just keep going. I think, I think with almost every addiction in order to turn it around, you just have to change something and then you have to get consistent with it. Yeah. You like when I quit smoking cigarettes, I would associate basically every meal with, with the cigarette that oh, yeah. I like, I'd be eating the food and thinking about the cigarette I was going to smoke. And I mean, you know, you smoke too, you know, after, or when you go to the bar with your friends or whatever, you know you're going to go smoke a cigarette. When you're at work, you know when you take your 10-minute break, you're going to go yeah. smoke a cigarette. It's like you have to change those things that you associate with that. Otherwise, you're never going to – you're never going to – like if if every day you go to Starbucks in the morning and you get a 600-calorie mocha frappa, whatever. Well, the last thing you want to do is change that routine. You're, you're used to it. It's hard. That's, that's what happens to people, especially people our age. Once you hit, you know, late twenties, early thirties, like you're on that path and people get comfortable with what they're doing and it's, it's hard to change and people don't want to change. We have a friend who's starting to smoke again. Should make sure you tell Pondo not to smoke. (laughs) Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. He hears about it from us in the polo group. Anytime he's drinking some pops. That's weird. He never liked smoking cigarettes. I know, right? Um, so all of this, I wanted it to lead into just how difficult of an issue weight is for people. And, uh, it's pretty crazy because I knew that you were coming down today and I knew we were going to talk about this. And, uh, I got up yesterday morning on Christmas and I was just going through Reddit and I came across this thread, uh, the headline is, or the Title is, my sister just said in conversation, it's disturbing. I've never met a woman who doesn't have a complicated relationship with food. And I started reading through all these comments. And uh, it's not it's not just a, a female thing. Like, it's, it's a human thing, in yeah. my opinion. But I think, I think it attacks women in a different way. I think. Well, it's certainly harder for them to lose it. Um, that's well, the I one thing mean, I hear from a lot of people that have talked, talked with me about it mm-hmm. is that it's harder on them. And I see that it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I'm going through these comments in this thread and there were men and women commenting, but there were, there were so many stories of girls who were like 13 or 10 or 14, you know, like very young girls. And somebody would just make an offhanded comment to them yeah. at some point, and that's stuck in their brain forever. And it creates issues with bulimia and anorexia and then binge eating. And you have all these people in the world, and in my opinion, everyone has some sort of addiction. Yeah, well. 
whether it's alcohol or um, porn or watching TV or food, and you, whether or not you want to, you find some way to cope with whatever's going on, and that becomes your outlet. And then it's it's the whole thing of like you do it to feel better, but then you do it so much it makes you feel shitty. Mm-hmm. And it's and a so weird, you do it more to feel better about it. It's a weird cycle. It is. Um, first off, I don't I don't hang out with anybody that doesn't have something. I think everybody you does. Gotta man. have something. I think everybody does. Um, and then those comments stick with me. I mean, there's been times that people have said stuff. My best friends that have you know. Those wounds, you know, the knife cuts deep still. Yeah. Uh, and I still hear that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say it's just with them. That sticks with everybody. But I think what I did was I turned that into a positive. I used that as the motivation to to walk a little harder or run that last lap. Or I do a lot of push-ups at work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not real push-ups, but they're real to me, and I do a lot of them. Then they're real. And, uh, you know, I use that in my head all the time, you know, that everybody says you can't do it, do it. I have that inside me too. It's almost like, uh, I mean, I'm capable of motivating myself, but if somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm way more likely yeah. to do it. That's been a, that's been a problem with me a lot in my life. You tell me I can't do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, and there's positives from that and there's negatives too. I've yeah. seen both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's a bummer because forever, the the only human goal was to find food, make babies, find food, make babies, not get eaten by a fucking rattlesnake yeah. or a cougar or whatever. You only had three goals every day. And uh, I mean, the ones who were faster and smarter uh, and had better genes, they're the ones that descended into us. And so for all these years, for up until I want to say like the 1950s, probably, everybody was somewhat healthy. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't this influx of high fructose corn syrup filled foods uh, easily uh, purchasable because they're cheap, but also just packed with all the shit that you naturally want. Before the fast food generation. That's when it all turned, right? And now you have this fucking global issue with with overweight, obese people. It's really expensive to eat healthy. Yeah. Which you probably are aware. It's a lot easier to go to McDonald's and get, you know, two for five Big Macs. Exactly. Well, and there's also studies that they've done where they don't have, that there's predominantly more fast food restaurants in uh, poor neighborhoods yeah. than there are grocery stores. So that's the option for a lot of people. They don't have a car. The McDonald's is nearby. The grocery stores three bus rides away. And you, you know, know what, what hours they're open. You know what you're going to get. You know it's going to be a hot meal. You don't have to go home and make it. Yeah. Yeah. And you go there and you cram what should be like a month's worth of sugary reward yeah. into one meal. And it's incredible. Like you're not, humans are not supposed to be able to eat a a portion like that in one setting. When I was at my biggest, it was like a double quarter pounder with cheese meal with the large Coke and a McChicken on the side. Mm -hmm. And now the thought of it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Because I haven't had it and it's, yeah, 
It's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Like you, th- when you're eating it, you think it's good, but I can't even smell it. It's like a cigarette to me. Yeah, right. It's just, you can't even be around it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it became this thing that, that you can't really slow down now. And there's no, there, there's so much money and influence in. I think people are dependent on it. Like the, it's the most affordable meal you're going to get in the day. That's true. Because people don't have money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know that it's going to be there for you. Yeah. In. Which is unfortunate. In many locations. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it's weird to me that you can, you can buy alcohol, which is horrible for you. You can buy cigarettes, which kill you. Um, I was going to look it up and then I forgot. Heart disease is either number one or number two in terms of uh, human death in in the States. That's not surprising. Every year. Yeah. And that does not get as much attention as it deserves. That, I mean, everybody's worried about the virus right now and everybody's worried about every other thing that can kill you. But the number one thing is heart disease, which comes from, I mean, it comes from smoking and drinking too, but I mean, mainly from But that's going to be the, that's going to be the hardest thing to fix for people. You can put a mask on and wash your hands and you're pretty safe from Corona. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, not be around people that are sick and get away from the flu, but you can't get away from the food. You still have to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've known a number of women over the years who were uh, bulimic or anorexic and the, the thing that is hard to understand is that you have to eat food every day. Yeah. If you're a junkie, you can just stop doing heroin and that's extremely difficult, but you can just not get heroin anymore. If you have some sort of addiction to food, and part of that addiction is you throw it up. Because you can't just stop. You can't just stop. You have to eat food. And so, man, if you had to drink alcohol every day and then you, I mean, you can't quit drinking. What? I think I was addicted to food. Yeah. I mean, that's not out of the norm to say. Mm-hmm. Eating food makes you feel good, mm-hmm. whether it's comfort food or it's a dessert on a special occasion or even buttery popcorn when you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. It all elicits a reaction from me and makes you feel a certain way. If I felt bad, if I had a bad day, it was, I'm going to go get some fast food. Yeah. If I had a good day, hey, let's celebrate. Let's go. We'll get a cake. We'll get a pie. Yeah. Something that that makes us feel good when we're eating. It's sweet. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue is when you're doing that four out of the seven nights a week or seven out of the seven nights a week, it's no longer a special treat like it should be. That's your life. Yeah. So you get to this and it's point. it's easy. It's so easy to fall into. It is easy. And it's hard to change once you start doing it. Next thing you know, you're addicted to quesadillas and you can't stop. Uh, that would be a horrible thing. I would love to meet somebody that's addicted to quesadillas <laughs> at some point. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you figured out that uh, you want to make a change and you did all this stuff. And do you... Do you do anything that you used to do? Do you still go out places that you used to frequent? No, you no. just kind of eliminated it well, all. There's nowhere to go anymore. But that's um, true. If I go to fast food, first off, I I throw a fit if I have to go I'm getting something for my daughter or something. Mm-hmm. It's 
I don't like being there. Yeah. Um, and I, I limit what I eat. My my diet's pretty plain for the most part. A lot of lean chicken, lean pork, and vegetables. That's and about it. Do you intermittent intermittent fast as well? I try to throw a fast day in once a week where I won't eat from dinner to dinner. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the holidays, it's hard to commit to that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to tell you guys that we did Sober October, and I'm thinking – I think I'm going to do sober January. I didn't, probably, I didn't make sober October. I, I I made a week. It's tough, but it's necessary sometimes, in my opinion, to just eliminate things. Because if I don't have like a reason or like some sort of goal, then I can't stick to it. Yeah. That's why that is cool to me. But I was thinking about doing January, maybe not eliminating alcohol 100%, but like trying to... I think... I think Bert's doing dry January. Yeah. Or is it dry, dry December? Dude, I don't – October's a good month to be drinking. It's a really good month. January sucks already, so you might as well just make it harder. <laughs> yeah, I have no issue not drinking in January. Mm-hmm. It's not really a thing. Yeah, you, I mean, you're not really drinking at all. Yeah. I, I couldn't go without my, my medical cannabis, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a crutch for a lot of stuff with me still. And having how a, having how, a bad day, take a dab. Having how, a good day. How hard would it be to go thirty days? It wouldn't be hard because I've done it. Um, but I don't want to. I, the desire is not there. Yeah. Only when I only when I take too much and the anxiety hits, mm-hmm. then the desire is there to never do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an issue. Uh, so you and I grew up in the Dalles and. The more I talk to people and the more time that goes by and I talk to other people that that grew up in larger cities or even different areas, like it feels like some of the stuff that happened to us was somewhat unique. Maybe. I, I moved there when I was 13 in eighth grade. So you guys got a little more experience going to grade school together. But, but I mean, you were there for for some things. Yeah. 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 It was good times. I look back on it and I still smile. Yeah. Even the bad stuff, I still smile. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's all important to to figure out where you're at and where you're going. Yeah. Right? Because all, all that stuff plays a, a huge important part of who you turn out to be. And I don't know. It's It's weird growing up in a small town and having things go the way that they did. Uh, but I don't know... I mean, I'd love to talk to somebody that like grew up in New York City. Yeah. Because that's got to be a completely different experience. Well, it has to be insane. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Milwaukee, down here, this area, and moved there. And now I can't imagine living in a big city. Can't imagine it. Don't want it. No. Yeah, I kind of want to leave Portland, too. I'm over it. Can't imagine why. Seems yeah. so beautiful and peaceful down here. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad until... Till this year, and then I'm just over it. Even my 60-plus-year-old father-in-law was complaining about it today. Yeah. He can't go to his gym and work out. I mean. I just signed a thing. Uh, Planet Fitness sent me an email, and they're like, uh, why, why, uh, why are most Portland businesses still open, but all the gyms are shut down? Please sign this thing, and we'll send it to Kate Brown and see if we can get some movement. And I'm like, yeah. What's the deal with that? The, they should be promoting health. 
They should. And there's no discussion. I got it my healthiest during the pandemic. <laughs> I, I lost weight. When most did. people are gaining it, I, I lost it. You did the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I haven't run on a treadmill with a mask, so I bet that's pretty tough. It sucked. Did it? That's why I quit. <laughs> I was going to uh, LA Fitness in Gresham. And they had a policy for a while after they opened back up where you just have to wear your mask from the front door to wherever you were going. And I was like, oh, that's doable. I can do that. No worries. And then one day I was running on the treadmill and the, the girl came in and she's like, hey, we changed our policy. You have to wear the mask on the treadmill now. And I was like, I can't run on a treadmill with a mask for real. And so I quit. And then they closed. Yeah. I mean, who, nobody's how, exercising. How many? How many people quit because of that? I don't. I don't know. No, it sucks. It, it sucks a yeah, lot. It's, it's hard on everyone. Uh huh. I mean, which is weird. I feel like you know, at least my family, we're thriving in it. So I don't know what that says about me or us. But well, I think it has to do a lot with uh, whether or not you're fortunate enough to be in an industry that can continue to thrive. It's been a really good time for a lot of people. Yeah. Been good for the garden industry. Yeah. Yeah, we had a really good year. Yeah. What 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 you want to talk about what you do? Uh, I manage a hydroponic grow store, mm -hmm. a grow store in the Dallas. So you're saying that a lot more uh, there are more clients or the clients are purchasing more? Both. Yeah. Um well first off cannabis was deemed essential. Uh -huh. 90% of my clients, my customers are either large-scale rec producers or home growers is the other 10%. Mhm. Mm um, the demand went up, so their production went up. Um, and then a lot of people do in personal gardens, whether it's for their medicine or if it's for fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. uh, victory gardens, that was the big theme for the year. A lot of people plant in large gardens because they thought the world was ending. Um, and I think a lot of those people actually really ended up liking gardening. And, you know. It's cool. Well, you get something for it. You do. A lot of things in life, you don't get anything in return. Well, you also get higher quality stuff, man. Yes, when you, you do. When you eat a tomato from your garden, you're like, holy shit, this is what a tomato is supposed to taste yeah, like. They're only called the same thing. Yeah. There's no resemblance to a store-bought no. tomato. The ones in the store, they don't taste like tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best part about it. We, we did a real big garden this year. Yeah? Yeah, we did real good. Well, uh, why don't you just grow weed? I do. Uh, for... For me? No. You're welcome. To sell. No. That's that's illegal, sir. Is it? How's it's that illegal? In, it's at least in the gray area. To well, I'm not a licensed licensed cultivator, so I couldn't sell it to a dispensary. You uh, have to get that stuff tested. Okay. It's, that's it's, what makes it legal. It's more regulated and, and tested more often than your food is. So the standards for your so, cannabis are higher. You know a lot more about this than I do. Tell me, Tell me what the process is. If say say I I wanted to uh, get some land and start growing and sell it and have it as a product, well, you'd have to be zoned for agriculture, and then you'd have to get a permit from whatever county you're in, and then you'd have to get a permit from the state, and then whatever based on tier. I think there's three tiers, from micro tier to a large scale tier. So it limits like your your square footage. So if micro tiers, you can have 100 square feet of canopy versus the large ones, you can have 10,000 square feet of canopy. So what if you exceed, what if you're micro and you have over 500 square feet or something, you can get fined? You get fined, you could lose your license. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's a scale for it. I don't, that's not the stuff I really know. I mm -hmm. just know what they use to grow them. Mm -hmm. 
So once you get, you said you you need permit from this the county. You have to get approved by the county to grow there. And by the state. And by the state. You have to get your license and you have to pay them a lot of money. And these are probably annual dues. Annual. Yeah. And then, okay, so you got all that stuff taken care of and you start growing. And then. Well, you still have to, you have to put your fence up and you have to put your cameras up and you have to have signage and stuff for your employees mm -hmm. unless it's just you. And then you can start growing. You got to tag all your plants, make sure that they can tag them and watch them throughout the system. From they say from seed to sale, like, like it's a little blue tag that they put around the stem of it, and so it stays like, with the plant for its life. Okay, so it's like tagging a deer mm -hmm. in the wild. You just can track it, yeah. But the plant's not going anywhere. It, it eventually <laughs> goes somewhere. <laughs> the thing is, just right there. It's just growing. It's not going. But they also come out and they do site inspections on them and stuff. You're saying that they put a tag in in the, the final crop too, and then they send it out and you can see who bought it? No, they don't do that. I'm sure they probably have some sort of tracking thing. Uh -huh. But like, it, it's just a, they call it a hang tag, a little mm -hmm. tag that's on your plant. Mm -hmm. it, from harvest all the way through when they're packaging, stays with it. And then it gets sent out to get tested. And then it, go, it gets sent out to get tested. You what have it, to do a batch from every... Every strain that you grow, you have to send them in something. Because they need to find out what the THC content is? THC, everything that's in it, and then pesticides. Mm. That's the big one. Are there a lot of growers that are using pesticides? Everybody has to use some sort of IPM. If it's indoors, what are you worried about? Can't you keep... Spider mites, russet mites, broad mites. Mites. Fungus gnats. Yeah. Any type of mite that can... They can get in. They can blow on the wind. Russet mites are the worst. They can just be in the air. All those little mites just trying to get high, huh? Yeah, they're trying to, well, yeah, they sap suckers, so they eat the plant. Russet mites turn it rusty brown uh -huh. and ruin it. Yeah, they decimate a crop. We had a few customers this year that had that. It was real bad. Overnight? Not overnight. You, they're so small, you don't notice them until it's too late, and you're already in trouble, if that makes sense. Until they, you have a major infestation, you won't know that you had anything. You'll see some signs, but and so then, then you're in so trouble. then they're spraying their plants with some sort of pesticide that's killing these mites that they can't see. So they're just hoping, fingers crossed, that they don't show up. Yeah, well, you, you do. I mean, you have to be proactive with it. You always try to make sure that you're putting something on your plant so nothing will show up. You you worked at a. Didn't you work at somebody's? We're not talking about that. No, we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah, I worked for somebody. Okay. So yeah, you. It wasn't a legal farm, but I worked for him. Okay. And it wasn't legal because he didn't have at one point permits. In yeah. At one point in time, he, it was a medical farm, but uh, when everything became legal, he didn't follow through with getting legal and then he let the medical lapse. But still continued to grow yeah, and sell. Sure did. Yeah. And did he get busted? He sure did. Yeah. Is he in jail? I believe he is. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a couple in the, in the federal pen. For that charge only? His his two charges that he pled to were conspiracy to commit money laundering and conspiracy to manufacture marijuana. What, what's the laundering about? Uh, well, there's a lot of cannabis in Oregon, uh -huh. but there's not as much in, say, South Carolina or Florida. Uh -huh. So it's easier to send the cannabis you have in Oregon to South Carolina or Florida but then somebody has to pay for it. You're not going to give it to them for free. So you have to get that money from Florida back to Oregon. Well, how do you do that? 
you fly it in. You fly it in. So you put it thousand dollars in each pocket of your pairs of pants. Put it in your roll it up in your socks. Mm-hmm. Mail it. Do whatever you have to do, and then when you get it back, you can't just have six hundred thousand dollars. You got to put it somewhere so nobody sees that there's six hundred thousand in your bank account. So, dude, we're talking about uh, Ozark. I haven't seen Ozark. You haven't seen it? I'm a terrible oh, it's person. Good. Nobody says I should watch no, it. No, we're 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 talking about Blow made a baby with Ozark. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What so, was Johnny Depp's character in Blow? George. Uh, Austin George. George. Yeah. What was his last name? I can't remember it. I don't know, but that's a real guy. Oh yeah, that's no, a I know real that's a real guy. guy. Uh, but that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's like mixing those two together. So the guy he, he was the Gorge George, gorgeous George, Gorge George. Then because the, my guy was in the Gorge. Is that what they called him? No. Oh, you just made it up now. Yeah. Okay. So he's he he had all this weed and he was selling it to states where it was not legal, uh, which therefore made it more profitable. And so he would ship it down there and then he had to get all the money back. And you're saying once he got the money back, he had to figure out how to clean it. Yeah. And he didn't do a good job at that. He bought, he became a used car dealer and bought cars. No shit. Yeah. Where was he selling cars? In the Dallas. Really? Yeah. Is it, is the dealership still open? No, 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 no. No? It wasn't that big. He was, he got busted basically (laughs) when he was just starting out. He's got like a lot of like 80s Toyotas and he made a million dollars that year. And they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? (laughs) He had had different cars than 80s Toyotas, but there might've been some in there. (laughs) Um, So what would happen is, is we would grow. I, I was just a farm helper, but I was up there. And so I got to see a lot of stuff. I would trim it up. It would get bagged. And then, excuse me, somebody would come get it. This one guy was coming from the Midwest and he had a, a truck with a, looked like a farm truck. Mm-hmm. And it had one of those big diesel tanks in the back. Well, the diesel tank was hollow except for just a little bit that they'd put diesel in. And you could fit 60 to 80 pounds of weed in there. It had like a underneath thing or you dropped so it, it in the top? it was just a big steel tank but, and they welded like a tube right under the, the thing. So you could see liquid in there. The rest of it was hollow. Wow. And so we would just fill that up and they would drive it. Drive it all the way to fucking South Carolina or something. Yeah, Iowa, but yeah. Wow. The other stuff would get put into like two gallon tin cans. It'd get sealed into a tin can like you'd put fruit in. Did you get subpoenaed for this shit? No. No? No. Wow. They had all they needed without me. Uh, so they were watching him. I think when his trouble started, he got busted in Arizona with 125000 in cash, uh-huh. driving it back. And they, instead of arresting him, they just confiscated his money and gave him a, a receipt for it. A receipt? So yeah. we took your $125,000 yeah. worth of drug he, money? Because he couldn't prove where the money came from. See, that's kind of that's kind of fucked up. That you can't just have money. Why can you not just have money? Obvi- in most situations, it's because you're doing illegal stuff. But yeah. why can you not just have money? Yeah. I don't have to prove to you where I got my You have to sign papers if you take 10 grand out of the bank. You have to sign like an FBI paper yeah. declaring that you did it. Yeah. Same thing with in- putting it in. It's dumb. Well, that's how they make sure that they get their pennies. Yeah. You know, you can't have extra money that you didn't pay money on. So you're out there working at his place and he's doing all this fucking... Crazy shit. Narco stuff. And the whole time, you knew what was up, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so you know. were you ever worried that, like, you were going to get in trouble somehow? No, no. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just working on a farm. Yeah. You were just trimming and packaging mm-hmm. and getting it ready to go. I wasn't even packaging. I was just trimming. Like, growing and trimming. That uh-huh. was it. 
And so what happened at the end? Did you just come to work? So for, I worked on the farm for a while and then they opened their own grocery store in the Dallas that is no longer there anymore. And that was a much easier gig than farm labor. So I started working at the shop for them and I worked there until, until I didn't work there. And while I was working there, he got busted, like I said, with the large amount of money. And then rather than coming home and stopping, he doubled down and got, tried to get even bigger. And meanwhile, they were flying reconnaissance, like literally flying over his house and following him, building their case. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just him. He got busted with some buddies that he had down here. Mm -hmm. And what, what I think really set it off was, and this made the news, so I'm not telling anybody anything. Uh, there was some people that came in from Texas that held a public storage guy hostage and got busted for it. They had bought 500 pounds or however much it was, a lot of a lot of weed, and put it into a public storage locker. Mm -hmm. Well, the FBI was watching them the whole time, and they did a no-knock sneak-and-peek warrant, ripped the door off, took the weed, and just left it how like it looked like it had been robbed and sat back and watched. So it, when these people came back, yeah. they grabbed the guy that was working there and duct taped him and videotaped saying they were going to kill him if he didn't tell them what happened. And this is the FBI? No, 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 no. The people that had the weed that oh, it belonged to, they were freaking out. They came back and their 500 pounds was gone. Mm -hmm. So they're a little upset. Yeah. And they grabbed the guy that was working and were like, hey, we're going to kill you if you don't tell us. And he's like, I think the cops took it. I didn't touch it. <laughs> and so they freaked out, went to the airport to get on an airplane. The FBI pulled him off the plane. One of the guys had the cell phone video of what they did to the dude. He tried breaking his phone, couldn't do it. So oh, then they no. had the footage right there. Oh, shit. And then uh, not too long after that, they raided my boss's house in Hood River. Uh, he wasn't there, but his wife was. And so at four in the morning, they shattered a, a door and threw flashbang at her. Whoa. Mm -hmm. And then they started inventorying everything. Yeah, they, they always do it in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, when, yeah, when you're sleeping. And then he ended up, there was a bunch of charges, but plea bargain and he only took two. So he's in prison for two years. Yeah, two years. But then he gets out and he's a felon. And yeah, all he, knows he was that. already a felon before that. But oh, yeah. yeah, he's an, a bigger felon now. And this was, this. you said he was growing medical, so it was legal. At one point it was, and then he let the medical license lapse. You still have to renew that every year as That's well. That's right, you said that. And he didn't, didn't follow through. So. <sighs> Reason being is because they do inspections. Medical does inspections of your farm as well. So if you're over plant count. You get in trouble uh, for that too. Yeah, but all he had to do was follow the rules mm -hmm. and update his medical license. And he certainly would have and had an easier path right? to getting away with it, yeah. So what, what do you think his deal was? He's just like a fucking Wild West cowboy or what? A little bit of that. But, yeah. You know, trying to be sneaky and get away with what you're doing. You don't he, want people up there watching you. Well, he probably could make more money doing what he did too, right? He definitely he made a lot of money. Yeah. So, okay, so that's the other thing I want to get to. After you, if you go the legal route and you do all the stuff you're supposed to do, and then you get it tested, it gets approved. Uh, is it the, what's the government agency? Uh, it's the OLCC. Is it OLCC? Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought it was FDA. No, I think it's OLCC. I have a license. I can show you. I'll give you one of those. You have to take a test to get it. But. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they should change the name. 
Yeah, it costs 100 bucks. They're good for five years. Is that your real signature? It might be. <laughs> you going to dog on that too? <laughs> no, dude, it's nice. It's a nice signature. Mine looks like shit. So after that happens, uh, you you sell it in bulk to a shop, and then the shop can mark it up 10 or 20% from there? Which I'm sure they do. Um, so you would get, get it tested, and if it's cleared, you, you get those results, and then... At least with the guy I work for now is an awesome, awesome farm. They, he's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Probably the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all legal. They get it tested. And then he or his wife or whoever's selling it, they'll go to an individual dispensary. And they'll basically just show you, this is what I have. I have X amount of this, X amount of this, so much of this. Hmm. This is what we're asking for it. And yeah. then they'll haggle and do whatever they do there. Mm-hmm. And then the dispensary buys it. And if they paid you know, 1600 for the pound you're going to be paying by the time they're done 3500 at the dispensary for it. But then we get into the situation of exchanging money. Mm-hmm. And so the the dispensary pays cash money. Cash money to the grower, mm-hmm. then they charge regular people. You have to use cash to purchase it. Mm-hmm. And then they can't put that money in the bank, right? No. And so what explain to me why all that is what it is. Well, you can't put it in the bank because it's still federally illegal and the government considers it money laundering, drug money. So you can sell it because it's legal in your state. They'll take tax money from it, but you're not allowed to use a banking, an insured bank for it. There are, is one bank that you can use, but they're like monthly fees or astronomical from what I hear. I don't know how much it is, but so, it's hundreds of dollars a month. So then what do people do? They just carry around a bunch of cash, mm-hmm. which is illegal. Mm-hmm. You, if you can't, if you can't. Like, but at least they'll have a justification for having it. Um, and because it's a cash business, a lot of dispensaries get robbed. There was actually one down here in North Portland that one of my clients, one of my customers uh, supplies to that their bud tender uh, was murdered uh, the week before Christmas. Just a week ago? Just a week ago. Um, a guy came in and showed his ID and let him in. And then two guys behind him tried to push the door in. Dude tried to shut the door and they murdered him for it. Just Jesus. And then they only ended up getting two jars of weed, no money or nothing. But that's what they're trying to get. They're trying to get money because yeah, it's all cash business. Yeah, because if you go on the right night, late in the in the evening or whatever, there may be a couple grand. Yeah, there's one. Yeah, one guy up front, one one person behind the counter. Yeah, it could be more than a couple grand. It could be ten grand. So then, what do they do with the money if they make? I don't know what they have to do something with it. Yeah, I know, but they wh- either buy more product with it from different. Well, they can't put it in a bank. Mm-mm. So, dude, that's insane. It's all cash. And well, they I have mean, to pay taxes out of that money. Yeah, but you can't. <laughs> you can't do anything with it. Yeah. They just take it and put it in a shoebox in their closet. They find a way. Until I'm it assuming becomes... they pay their cust- or their their employees with a check, so they have to have some sort of banking system. You'd think, but yeah, right. Otherwise, if they'd the have bank to... catches on. They're probably they close their account and yeah, because they can't they can't pay their employees in cash because the employees have to pay taxes on it too. That makes no sense. You can't put it in the bank. How would you have money to pay people? Sounds like you're an advocate for some federal le- legislation for. Yeah, dude, that's insane. Well, they're not. I mean, if the government's so worried about their tax dollars, they should have it being taxed and regulated through the banks and checks and balances, so they know they're getting the proper amount. But that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. It's still the wild west. Yeah, well, it's cool because a lot of people are making money, and I mean, I've voted. Not- the only people making money are the dispensary owners. 
the growers aren't making money? They're not making any money. Why not? Because it's expensive to grow and it takes a lot of your time to do it. Well, and you're saying because there's so much competition now. There's tons of competition. Yeah. And you have to grow the strains that, that people want. Um, you could grow something that smells amazing, looks amazing, but it tests at 20%. Nobody wants to buy it. You could grow something that, that looks okay, smells okay, but test at 35 and everybody wants it. What's a high THC percentage? 35? Yeah. Anything over, I mean, people are hitting the 30s pretty consistent. Most dispensaries won't buy it unless it's 30 or above. Yeah. And are they, are they hiring, like some of the more reputable or larger uh, growers, are they hiring scientists who understand how to, or botanists who understand how to cultivate it in Certainly, a different way? They're called master growers. Okay. But the, the best people I know would never call themselves that. Uh, they call themselves a lead grower or a head grower. Okay. Or just the dude. Master's too cheesy or something? Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's too cheesy. Nobody wants to be the master grower because you're you're always learning. Yeah. You know, there's new strains every year. The plants react to new chemicals and fertilizers different every year. And you can get different phenotypes from one plant you could have. 20 different variations and expressions. Sometimes that's not the best though. Sometimes you don't want the the highest content because unless you're smoking often, dude, I certainly that'll, don't. that'll destroy you. That'll yeah. ruin your night. Yeah. I've ruined plenty of nights. <laughs> not doing that again. No. Um, I don't, I don't smoke flour. I, I, I'm strictly concentrates these days. Mm -hmm. um, and what's the benefit of that? For me, well... It's a higher medical dose, so there's more more to it. Yeah, but but is, is there's it no better? combustion of, of plant matter. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cleaner, certainly easier on my lungs. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Is, it, there's, is there get, proof of that? You or you just really high. Real fucking high on drugs. Exactly. Uh, is is there proof for that? Or you that's just how you feel? Oh, I mean, there's certainly, there's no fats or lipids in it because it's all cleaned out. There's no combustion. I mean, you vaporize it. So what are you smoking then? Just the THC? Just the THC. And, I mean, there's still some some waxes and and fats in there, but yeah, it's mostly just the the trichomes. Okay, so if that was cleaner and that was better, and they found a reason not to smoke flour anymore. Flour is a lot cheaper than concentrates and a lot lower dose, so you can. Yeah, but you have to extract the THC from the flour, right? You do that with the smoke, with the inhale. Yeah, yeah. It all gets combusted and burned, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying like if at some point would it be beneficial to turn all of that into extract? Um, I think the extracts are cleaner, but uh but I don't I don't I don't know how to explain it to you. You have you never smoked cannabis before? Uh not fucking extract. Oh, you want to? Uh you want to take a break right now? Not 35%. Okay. No, it's it's more like 75%. With the extracts, because it's concentrated. It's a concentrate. You just said you didn't want 35% flour. I don't, but I'm not smoking flour. No, like 35% flour would end up being like a concentrate that tests probably in the high 80s or 90s. Mm -hmm. It just depends on what, what method they're using to get it. Mm -hmm. Most of the stuff that I use is live resin. So the plant was cut down and frozen fresh mm -hmm. and then extracted while it was frozen. Mm -hmm. So you get more of the, the terpene profile from the, the plant. So it smells like the plant when it was growing. Okay. And so what do you say to people that 
What, what, how would you how would you convince somebody who was like all about reefer madness and saying the, the downfall of civilization, man? Like, how, what would you say to somebody? What, what is the benefit of? of well, first weed? off, I wouldn't associate with those people because they'd harsh my mellow. <laughs> um, you just, I mean, I don't use opiates. Mm-hmm. I, I when I was on opiates for the back pain, they had me on a really high dose. Mm-hmm. I was taking 40 milligram Oxycontin three times a day, plus two Percocet tens a day. Mm-hmm. That's just to huge, feel normal. Just, just to not hurt. Yeah. Um, and I still hurt. So that's why you would take more, you know, and I didn't, I didn't start out on that level. Like I worked my way up to that over nine years. Uh, I don't use any of that now. The most I'll take is, you know, a pill for stomach acid and some ibuprofen. I don't, so it is a pain reducer for you. I, for me, um, it might just be a pay attention to it reducer, but mm-hmm. however it works for me, it works for me. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly a lot easier on my system than the opiates were. Yeah, there's a far bigger issue with oxys and Vicodin and and it helped me the most when I was when I was detoxing off those pills when I was stepping down. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest help. Mm-hmm. Cuz otherwise, I mean, your hair hurts and you want to die. Yeah. Like it's just and it doesn't go away. You're sick for months. Yeah. From the pills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I talked about this or not in a previous episode, but we have we have a friend who uh, got hooked on the mm-hmm. the Vicodins pretty heavy. And I remember him telling me, like, he just needed three or four a day just to not feel like shit. Yeah. And he did them for five years. It, it did everything but kill him. Yeah, man. Yeah. That and it certainly gatewayed him to other stuff. Well, yeah, and that's the crazy thing is that that can be prescribed by a doctor. And mm-hmm. It's far more addictive uh, and detrimental to your health than when my doctor was prescribing them to me. Ninety-five percent of the time, she never even put a hand on me, never examined me. I would just say, "They're not working as good as they were two months ago," and she'd say, "Oh, well, you're getting used to it. Let's bump up your dose." Do you know if they get some sort of kickback or some sort of financial maybe with mine they didn't because it was through you know safe so the mm-hmm. the workers compensation mm-hmm. and i know they used to they used to have product reps that would come in there and you know sweet talk them and give them gifts and stuff they stopped that um and maybe doctors in private practice still get those benefits mm-hmm. but at the hospital there they certainly didn't yeah well, yeah, because there's some story about uh, somewhere down south, like Florida. The pill mill. Do you know about that? The Florida pill mills? Yeah, where oh, yeah. where the doctors weren't even real, right? No, they were a real doctor. They just would see 600, 700 patients a day and yep. just writing it and yeah, out the door. They're basically getting- um, They're getting money from the company's Sales commission, sure. you mm-hmm. know, like they're selling a car, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, a lot of places that still happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think people are finally starting to figure out, at least in the last five or ten years, that it's a significant problem. Uh, it's a huge problem. Especially in, in you know, poorer communities where people can get their hands on heroin when they run out of pills. It's not even an issue in poor communities. Rich communities have it too. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, it's, a, it's as big a pandemic as any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at... Certainly it affects poor communities. You look at West Virginia and some of these other places that everybody's on it and they're all decimated. Yeah. But you could look at downtown Portland or downtown Seattle and see that, you know, it's not just affecting real poor communities. There's lots of money in this area mm-hmm. and there's still plenty of people living behind dumpsters. 
Yeah. And it's not, I mean, they're not slamming pills. They're slamming heroin, but yeah. I bet they started on pills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the transition, right? Cause mm-hmm. heroin's so much cheaper. I, I, thankfully I've never gone that route. No, I haven't either, but that's what I hear. That's what I hear is that, uh, the pills, um, are a bit more expensive and it, they're probably people, harder to get. They're harder to get. People develop the, the, um, the addiction to that. And then they need some sort of replacement when they can't mm-hmm. get the pills and the heroin's easier to find. Well, it got hard even when I was, when I was on the medicine, my doctor ended up losing her job because she wasn't doing all the stuff she needed to do. I was on such a high dose that I was supposed to be going to see a pain management specialist mm-hmm. and I never went and saw one until she was gone. And then the doctor after that would, said that he was uncomfortable prescribing that large of a dose. And so he wouldn't do it. And, uh, and you're like, I need my shit. Well, I had to go to a different doctor, one that was willing to do it because I was so you know, in need of it. Yeah. And, uh, they fought me tooth and nail. And then, uh, what really kicked it was they wanted to take me off the opiates I was on and put me on a different one, Suboxone or whatever crazy stuff they have. And it involved me having to go into detox so they could figure out my dosage. And I was too scared. I wasn't willing to do it. So. Wow. Suboxone, that's, um, that's, that's, uh, some sort of pill to get you to kick. Apparently, but it works just as good from my understanding. Huh. It's similar to methadone, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's the crazy thing is that we have this plant that grows in the ground that our parents in the seventies could have a nug in their pocket and go to jail. And now there are companies selling it and making fuck tons of money, but they can't put that money in the bank. Mm -hmm. And we've got these other little wonderful creatures that grow up out of dead, rotting wood that uh, are, are natural um, natural elements in the world and you you eat a couple of them and you go to a different place for a little while. Those are legal uh, until recently in Oregon. I think it's the only state. And it's still, I still believe, I'd have to look it up, but it, it has to do with medically induced, right? You yeah. have to be in a hospital. At least for the, the psilocybin treatment. It, it, yeah. There's like a two-year phase in, so nobody's going to get in the treatment for a couple of years. Yeah. But then, yeah, you have to go to a, a professional, mm-hmm. a shaman, somebody to help guide you on your journey. That uh, That's that's so crazy, man. If in 10 years, that is I'm a, all for it. a treatment for depression. Yeah, and it should be. It should be, absolutely. Uh, and the, the other thing I saw, too, is that um, they were testing, I can't remember if it was ketamine or ecstasy. I think it was ketamine. They were testing that on people. They use ketamine in the hospital for all sorts of stuff now. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 There was a, we were at a party, my my wife and I, well, in the long, long, long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Before times? Yeah. And uh, a kid got his finger smashed in the door. And to go to the hospital to fix it, they gave him ketamine to calm him down and make him, yeah. His parents said it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I never did it. I've never done it either, so yeah. I don't know. But I've seen people on it. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not there. It's like the party drug. Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> I I did other stuff at parties. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't into the pharmaceuticals. No, I remember pe- people talking about it, but I never I never saw anybody have it. Yeah, there's so many there are so many things that are illegal 
that shouldn't be that could make things so much better well, for everybody. Vice versa. There's things that are legal that should be absolutely exactly. outlawed. Fucking when I was over on the East Coast, I was driving through, I believe it was North Carolina. It was either North Carolina or South Carolina. And I went through Marlboro County. And I was like. The Reds? I was like, there's a county? And then I kept going and I went into a town. And the town wasn't called Marlboro. But uh, the church was Marlboro Church. There was the Marlboro store. The Marlboro post office. Like everything was named Marlboro. And I was like. This is this product that has killed who knows how many people, given people lung cancer and just ruined lives everywhere. And there's a county named after them. A church. A church. Like all this stuff that's associated with it. Probably a school somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there was a school in that town. Uh, and all I could think of was, was that stuff Marlboro first and then they acquired their name? Or did Marlboro, Marlboro exist and then they like, you know, put a blanket over everything and then just... Who knows? It, it's hard to tell. I should have looked it up. Did you travel to Winston, uh, Salem, North Carolina? I did not go through there, but yeah, it's that must be like a heavy tobacco growth um, area. Yeah. Because there's a lot of cigarette companies that are founded there, right? All of them, I yeah. think, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, man. I saw this thing on Reddit the other day where... Uh, this guy had a, it was a two pack of, I can't remember what brand it was, but it was, it was a, a two pack of cigarettes that they gave you on airplanes. So when you sat down, you know, instead of getting a drink or a little uh, cookie, they gave you a two pack of cigarettes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> right? I can't imagine smoking on an airplane. Yeah, man. That, that would have been be awful. Terrible. It'd be like when we were teenagers eating at the Orient or something, and we're all four smoking cigarettes at the table. Dude, I don't even remember being in a restaurant where you could smoke. I do. Like, you, I vaguely remember you walk in and they say, smoking or non-smoking. Yeah. And you would never choose smoking. No. Unless you, unless were, you were smoking. Unless you were smoking. But at that point, you wouldn't care. Yeah. But they had... Different sections. As if that is really going to stop <laughs> the smoke from going, like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it doesn't... I remember when you could smoke in bars. Yeah. Yeah. None of that anymore either. No. No. Yeah. I'm so happy I don't smoke anymore. It was so gross. Uh, smoking is awesome, but yeah. it is, it is that's, an that's awful fake habit. News. That's fake news. It's, it's an, not awesome. It's an awful habit, man. See, once you stop and like you can go down the, like an aisle in the store and somebody that smoked before they came in is in it and it makes you gag. You can always smell somebody after oh, they finished a cigarette. Yeah. I can smell it if somebody's in a car in front of me and I'm driving. Yeah, right? You know, I can smell it too. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's this woman at the Fred Meyer that I go to who uh, she – I'm not going to say what truck it is. Not like she's ever going to hear it. <laughs> but she, she always parks out front of Fred Meyer and her truck – truck is very distinctive. You can always tell when she's at work and she will sit inside the cab and smoke cigarettes on her break. And me and the kids always see her out there. I'm like, that's so gross, man. If you smoke, that's cool, whatever. But why would you sit in your cab yeah. with no AC on or anything and just smoke and just, just all over you, man? What well, do you remember riding around in, in Farger's protege? All of us Everybody smoking cigarettes in that thing. Oh, yeah. Or in his mom's basement, having oh, to take turns. Dude. Having to take turns. I wanted to bring that up with him, and I forgot about it when, and the only window down there was like a nine by nine. And then you had to open the door. 
And that window wasn't in the main room. It was in a different room. And Dude, you had to open was, the, like the basement so door. We just smoked. There'd be like six or eight of us yeah. down there. Everybody smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. We went back there after when his mom was moving out and tried to smoke a cigarette down there and couldn't do it. <laughs> it was that bad. And I don't, I don't, yeah, I still don't man. understand how we did it. Yeah, man. I mean, and can you imagine like growing up in the forties or fifties? That was just like, yeah. that was just what everything smelled like. Both parents probably smoked in every house and. My mom told stories of her dad yelling at them to roll the window back up because he was smoking in there and the windows weren't down. Yeah. And they'd make jokes and put a straw out the window to get fresh air. <laughs> I mean, that was probably before seatbelts. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My grandma has this awesome story about uh, when my uncle was a baby. He was like one or two. And this would have been in like... 57, 56, something like that. They were driving down the road, driving down the highway in a pickup truck, and there were no seatbelts, and there was no car seats. She's just holding the one-year-old baby, and the window's down, and my grandpa swerved, or a deer jumped out or something. My uncle flies out the window and lands on the ground, because there's no car seats or anything. Yeah, man. He turned out all right, though, I'm sure. He's actually pretty smart. It's amazing how, how we even make it now. With all the the corners Mm. softened for us. Yep. All the pads. It was a different time. It was a different time. There's a lot of people trying to go back to that different time. Like even the 80s was a different time when we were growing up. Dude, even the 90s. I remember my mom wouldn't be home when I'd come home from school sometimes. You just came home. Like latchkey. Yeah. Like we don't let my daughter play in the neighborhood. Like (laughs) not that she would, but you're not going out there. No, it's a bummer, man. On my street, there were... There were like 30 kids and we'd just run around and do whatever we wanted, you know? And my dad would just hang his hat out the window and yell for us to come inside for dinner. Mm-hmm. And now, pff, I don't let my kids run around anywhere. No, it's crazy. Yeah. You're a terrible parent if you let them go outside and play. <laughs> but it's weird because <laughs> like I worry about them, but I also trust them. Mm-hmm. Like It's not my daughter that I don't trust. Yeah. It's everybody else. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Maybe that's Maybe that's our fault. Maybe we should allow things to happen more. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but. I, I don't mean, know. I, I'm not going to risk it with my kids. You know, I think it's probably because we know all the shit that we did when nobody was watching and we're just like terrified they're going to do the stuff that we did. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> my hope is, is that my daughter is a better version, you know, than, than I than was. you? No, definitely. I mean, it's pretty low hanging fruit, but she's got a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it weird having her go to school in the town where you went to school? Like you're going back to all those places that you went when you were a kid? Well, I never got to go to the middle school she goes to. That's true. Um, it'll be weird if the high school is still there when she goes to high school. Are they going to tear it down? They need to build a new one. Dude, it was a piece of shit when we went there. <laughs> yeah, it ain't gotten better. From everything I hear, it's it's real bad. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I am going to have to pay for it. Me and all the other taxpayers in the county. There's nothing wrong with building new schools. No, there's not. Especially down here when there's a couple million people to pay for it. Well, you're saying that it's based on county? It's Yeah. So when they were going to build the school, they wanted to do a bond. Uh, I, I, I'm going to butcher it, but we voted the, the county voted it no mm-hmm. because the bond was so ridiculous. Like they were... 
asking for way more money, not to build one school, but to build three schools. Three high schools? Uh, three different schools. One of them was a high school. The other ones were middle school and maybe an elementary school. All Just because they're going to have to, you know, they're getting outdated, so they have to replace. Because they haven't re- built a new school since the middle school that we just got done paying for. Yeah, that school should be fine for 20 or 30 years. They were asking for money to fix it, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So you never went to the old one? The old middle school? Yeah. Yeah, I was there for one year. One year. Okay. That thing was falling when, apart, When, man. Like the year after we left there, they had to, like you weren't allowed to go to building four anymore. Yeah. And the year we were there, the pillars started to shift in the oh, class dude. and the ceiling was falling down. It was sliding down the hill, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, it was messed up. So man. I got one year of that. Well, yeah, they tore it down, I think, when we were like sophomores, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so we were one of the last to go through there. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they built they built a couple schools out here in the Gresham area, and it really helps, man. It cleans up oh, yeah. the, the, the public perception of what's going on around well, there. It improves like, everything. Yeah. Property value all the way up to yeah. the education your kids are getting and how they feel about it. But I don't know. And maybe maybe I'm out of touch. I feel like we get taxed pretty high in, I feel like, in Wasco County. I feel like taxes are fine if they're getting spent the way that you want them to. And they're definitely not getting spent the way that they should be. Yeah. I think everybody can agree to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's got to be a better system. I, I mean, think... our our water bill is over a hundred dollars. I mean, it's like 110 a month for water and a bunch of that, like that pays for the, the bond to pay off the pool and other stuff in town. They're, they're taxing the water higher. They tax the water. Yeah. There's a bond, I believe on the water bill to huh. pay for the pool and other stuff. Which directly affects homeowners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you vote to build a new school, like homeowners have to pay for it. And yeah. even people renting are going to have to pay for it because the rent's going to go up. Yeah, I guess if they pass that cost on to them. But, you, I mean, you're not paying for water when you're in an apartment. No. But the person that you're paying your rent to is, and mm-hmm. if that goes up, and then all of a sudden their property taxes go up. I mean, I don't know many businessmen that like to lose money during the business of making it. There's an argument for taxes though. You need, you need to pay for something. Do you? Right? Do you? Okay. Well, this is, this is what I was thinking about the other day. Like the most common thing that you pay taxes for that if you privatized it, it would be fucked up is the police department Mm -hmm. and the fire department. So if they privatized those and you had to call a private business when someone's breaking into your house or your friend got shot or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you're going to get a bill, an insane bill for calling the cops. Probably. Yeah. So, I mean, people would call the cops less, which could be a good thing for, for some of the smaller you'd reasons. you get a bill if you call the fire department, though. That's what I'm saying. You would get a bill no matter what. So, I don't – that doesn't seem like a good system to me. No. And, but I think police could get taken care of in state taxes. I think there's an argument to be made to get rid of federal taxes, especially nowadays when you're seeing how mismanaged and ridiculous some of the things they spend money on are. Yeah. Especially when they're, when they're, when the entire country's dying and starving and out of work. No, I think there should be, that's, that's the downside of the whole system is that you vote for a person to go represent you to vote on shit that 
they really aren't always taking your opinion no, into they're, account. They're taking their opinion into account. Well, and they're also taking the opinion of the lobbyists. Lobbyist. Yeah. Well, what, and, how it could benefit them well, personally, and, financially. Exactly. And who, who uh, donated to their campaign. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if, if you gave, if you split it up, similar to the way that you vote for president, and you said, how much money, let's say you pay, let's say you pay $10,000 in taxes a year, federal taxes. How much of that money do you want to go to the military? Yeah. How much money do you want to go to a, a single-payer healthcare system? How much money do you want to go to the police? Which the police are state, you're saying. I forget. Well, I don't know. I mean, they certainly get, you know, federal funding for some stuff, but there's there's a difference between state police and federal police. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. But what I'm saying is, like, if you could give everybody the option to say how much money they want to go to each spot— it would be a completely different country. It would. But there's no incentive on anyone in Congress to make that happen. No. There's no incentive on any corporation to make that no, happen. But it, 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 it's going to hurt them, whether it's financially or, you know, it's going to have some sort of negative effect on them. And they certainly don't want that. Yeah. They would rather things negatively affect us and keep the status quo. Yeah. But that's the thing, man. Like, I've, I've had this conversation with so many people, like... There reaches a point where things break. Yeah. And the people in this country have not reached the breaking point yet. But at some point they do, and then shit well, gets wild. The country's hit it before. Taxation without representation led to the, the Revolutionary War. Yeah, but that was that was at the beginning, man. You keep you keep taxing people and keep treating them the way they've been treating them. It wouldn't surprise me if people flip out like that. I don't think people have enough to lose yet. They're not they're not sleeping in huts and trying to feed some their family. Of, some of them are. Well, some of them are, but I don't think there's a lot of there's a lot of outrage on the internet. But yeah. I don't think there is. Somebody asked me the other day. They're like, "Do you think there could be a civil war?" And I'm like, "No." All those people on the internet that are screaming at each other, they're not going to fucking actually go out and physically bite someone. They're much more comfortable in their- I think you're giving society a lot more credit than they're due. They want to sit in, in their chair at home and fucking fight somebody on the internet. They're not going to actually go out and do anything. You think there could be a civil war in this country? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I really, I, really do. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, if it's not just political discourse and people being so angry at- you know, you for your beliefs or me for my beliefs or whatever, whatever it is, you know, that you feel should be happening. And if that wasn't enough, you know, financially crippling people and putting them on the brink of losing everything they've worked for, you know, arbitrarily, like mm -hmm. we were having the discussion earlier, if you're a restaurant owner, you've built your business up over the last 10 years. And now they say you're not allowed to have anybody in there unless it's in a tent that you put up outside. Mm -hmm. You're losing everything. You're angry at their system. Those people are getting pissed. There's a lot of those people. You look yeah. at a small town like the Dalles, like they are dying. Like those businesses are, a bunch of them are never going to open again. Those businesses were dying before this happened. Yeah. And you could say that that's, you know, a lot of the communities against change. Like they're, they're fighting housing developments. There's a fucking vacuum store in downtown the Dalles. Yeah. Was that still open? No, it's a, it's a salon now. Uh, how could they a cosmetology place? I how, believe. How could they ever 
sell enough vacuums to have a storefront. They're on still making Street. carpets. Still got to have something to clean them. I don't know, man. I don't understand. How could a place like the Dallas have multiple furniture stores or multiple carpet places? Or I don't, I don't know what the end game is. How can like, they support eight different pizza places? How okay. well food? I don't see food going away, but I don't know how retail stores will exist. When you can buy anything from Amazon and get it within a day or two or five, why would you buy anything from anywhere? Well, at least with me, I certainly buy enough enough stuff off Amazon. Um, but there's something to be said about going to the store and having it right now. That's it's in it, my hands. That's the only reason I ever go to the store or you is if it, I need it right now. You get to inspect the quality of it. I don't know. How many times have you been hosed by something you bought on Amazon and it shows up and you're just like, what? How many times have you gone to Best Buy and looked at something and then well, bought it off Amazon? Well, we don't have a Best Buy in my town. Um, so thank you for shaming us. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I certainly look at the prices and then I'll check Amazon. Yeah. But yeah. No, I buy most of my stuff off there. Mm-hmm. Unless it's something that I want right now, like a TV. I still have to go to Freddy's for that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess a TV's hard. <clears throat> but yeah, no. I mean, this this Christmas was brought to you by Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if we bought fifty things, maybe ten of them came from somewhere that wasn't Amazon. Yeah, and probably eight of those were from Walmart or something. Well, yeah. I mean, you could buy like uh, I don't know, like a like a jewelry case locally made from some luthier. You know, mm-hmm. that's something you can't get off Amazon. But it, a luthier, somebody that builds guitars, but. What's a what's a woodworker? What's a guy who builds a carpenter? No, a box maker. A box maker is a fancy word for a box maker. Why well, you gotta fucking call me out right now? <laughs> Thought of all people, you know what a luthier is. I just say words, dude. I don't yeah. even know. So you want to talk about the Dallas High School or what? Yeah, yeah. All the awesome people. Why'd you bring a gun to school, Hoover? <laughs> You're such a dick. It was an accident. So you weren't trying to flex on some people? With a BB gun? With a BB gun? No, I wasn't trying to flex on anybody with a BB gun. Yeah, right. What year, what year was this? This was, was like... my sophomore year of high school. Sophomore year, so yeah. it was 2000, right? Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, 99. Yeah. 99, 2000. Uh-huh. So you... So this was... Columbine was 99, so this was post-Columbine. People were really, really scared. Yeah. And they reacted as such. <laughs> they were not happy. So you lived in the country, kind of. in the country. Yeah, and so you had guns. Yeah. 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 What did you have guns for, just in case there's 20 20, 22s for shooting gray diggers, or yeah. we had BB guns. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean... I mean, hand handguns, pellet guns, BB guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we shot cans. We yeah. shot shit, and that's what you do out there. Yeah. We didn't have TV. Huh. I mean, there was no cable out there. No for, Netflix. No. So you accidentally put a BB gun it in your backpack? It was just in with my stuff. When I got to school, I called my mom and told her it was there. She was coming to get it. How did how did somebody else know it was in there? Uh, a kid we went to school with saw it. I showed it to him. Thank <sighs> you. I was just like, hey, shit, look at this. And he went home and told his mom. <laughs> And she called 911. He went home like he thought you were going to shoot up yeah, the school or something? Yeah, and he called his mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was I was in our friend's alley smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Hack, playing hacky sack. Yeah, and 
I came back to school and they were looking for me. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get very far. No, I you think didn't. from where I was told, I made it 100 yards before an undercover cop slammed me up against a car. Dude, I vividly remember that event like it happened yesterday. Yeah. We just came back down. We we're going into that entrance on the side street there. Yeah. And the, the car was... Uh, it was like unmarked, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like sitting right there. Yeah, it was It was at the entrance. Yeah, where a girl came and told me, Hoover, they're looking for you. And I Hoover, just, Hoover, they know about your gun. <laughs> and then you took off running and it was right like- Right into the cops. It was like a scene out of a movie. They just whoop, threw you right down on the fucking- And we're all like, oh shit. Yeah, and then they perp walked me in front of the, the into the school. <laughs> In front of the entire school that oh was my downstairs. God. Yeah. It was a good day. That was awesome. What what happened after that? Did they, they treat you like a fucking terrorist? Well, they knew it was a BB gun, but they still expelled me for it. They thought for you the year. Yeah. They thought you were dumb at that point. Well, They're like, What are you gonna I, do with this? I brought a weapon to school. It was in the charter that you're expelled for the year. Did you stop going to school at that point? No. They had to uh they had to hire a tutor and tutor me. So you were, I, you were, you made distance learning popular. Yeah. I yeah. was one of the OGs. All you had to do is get expelled from school. <laughs> what, what did your mom say? Was she pissed? She, she was mad at them. Yeah. Uh, because she was coming to get it. Yeah. You know, she's my mom. So she thought they made a big deal out of it that I'm her, her good boy and I would never do anything like yeah, that. Well, oh um, man. Who don't know. But that, yeah, that was bad. I had to, I had to get tutored. There was a restaurant downtown. It's where the Dutch brothers is now. Mm-hmm. In the Dallas. There mm-hmm. used to be a restaurant there. The Chinese restaurant, right? No, that's where Rivermark is. Uh. It was a lot of different things. But I got tutored there three days a week. Best grades I ever got in high school. And then uh, they were supposed to let me back in if I met certain criteria. Uh-huh. And when it came and I met the criteria and they didn't let me in, they were like, no, we don't want you back yet. But for, they had to let me back in the next year. For okay. junior year? No, they were supposed to let me in the end of sophomore year. Um, I was going to get May and June or whatever it was June, but they were like, no. But I got to go the next year. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. See, I don't remember completely. I remember the, that. Ev- you remembered enough. <laughs> I remember that event happening because it was so funny. It was like. Everything, I didn't find near as much humor in it. We, everything was cool. We're just like smoking cigarettes, playing hacky sack. We come back from lunch and we're going into yeah. school. <laughs> it just like somebody flipped a switch. Like everything's fine. Oh my God, Hoover's going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to jail, but I did get sent home for the remainder of the year. Yeah. Which sucked. It's a pretty serious thing. My I mean, parents it, were really upset. It sucks that that happened, but I get why they freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. I get it too. You can't, I mean, it's like, it's like saying bomb on an airplane. You can't do that anymore. No. Yeah. No, I mean, being the person that it happened to, do I think that their reaction was, was a little much? Yeah. Was it justified? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't me and it happened to somebody else, not knowing the circumstances, I'd be all over it like that too. Well, yeah. I mean, you kind of had a reputation. What? It's news to me. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I wasn't a good kid. I mean, I'll be the first person to say that. I've made almost every mistake you can make. All Took, of them? T- taking the wrong path yeah. almost every time. It seemed like that's kind of where I was heading with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly didn't didn't do myself any favors through any of it. 
but I feel like I've gotten it a little more on track these days. You think it's hard? You think it's easy for a kid to do the wrong thing when they're that age? I didn't have a lot of guidance. Yeah. Um, for a lot of my life, my mom was a single mom. Most yeah. of the time working two jobs, you know, to pay the bills for me and my brother. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until, really it wasn't until we moved here and she married my, my stepdad, Mark, that I had a father figure in my life because my dad wasn't around. Yeah. Um, and as much as he tried, you know, having zero guidance to go into somebody that's telling you what to do, mm-hmm. you're going to rebel as a teenager anyways. But. Yeah, man, that's got to be tough. I don't know what it's like yet, but I may someday yeah. to be a stepfather yeah. or to, yeah, man. I mean, that's, you get the whole, fuck you, you're not my dad. There was a lot of that. Yeah. And there was also, you know, fist fights. Physical fight fights. Him? Oh, yeah. Who we won? fought each other. Uh, they never really ended with win or loser. I think we both lost. Um, I was. A, Your mom beat both you I up. was a disrespectful little shit. Yeah. I was not good. And mm-hmm. I did the, you're not my dad. Fuck you. You can't tell me what to do. Um, but he never gave up. I mean, that's the one cool thing about Mark. He's, I call him my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he really raised me. And yeah. taught me what it's like to be a man and mm-hmm. do the hard stuff. Do the hard thing rather than the easy thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped a lot. But yeah. it certainly had to, I forged my own path, you know, and did my own thing. But I'm very grateful for the, the wisdom and guidance that he gave me, the yeah. stuff I, I listened to at least. Mm-hmm. Those are formative years. And unfortunately, you're, you're going through so much. Your body's changing. You got fucking raging hormones. You're chasing girls. Uh, you're drinking, you're driving cars, which is stupid. Well, I, I wasn't doing that, but you guys were. You're just like. I was hitching rides with you guys you driving were, cars. You were hitching rides. But you're you're introduced to so many things. And then you got to deal with all the peer pressure. And we didn't even have the internet. I mean, we had the internet, but we didn't have Facebook. No, you, had, or, you had to go somewhere to use it. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't imagine what it's like being a kid now. Like. There's so much pressure, man, to do to do what you think you're supposed to do, but you're stupid and you don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then you make some mistake, like bringing a BB gun to school or, uh, I don't know, you crash a car. Getting and caught with a bag of weed. And getting caught with the, a bag of weed. In like a weight room, bathroom by your, by your football coach slash PE teacher slash weight training coach. Yeah. I mean. Did, did was that a big deal? Yeah. Yeah. Bigger that, than the gun? It preceded the gun. It made the gun more of a big deal. Yeah, they happened within a couple of weeks of each other. Oh, serious? Yeah, w- within a month for sure, yeah. You brought a bag of weed. Well, I bought, I acquired said bag of weed and was showing it to somebody in the bathroom of weight training because they wanted a piece of it when the teacher walked in. I was like, why is this door shut? And I'm shoving stuff in my pockets. And he's like, turn out your pockets. And I said, no. But he was a six foot six former football player, mm-hmm. and you can only tell him no so many times. Yeah, he was a big dude. Before he says, "Turn out your pockets," and you mm-hmm. turn out your pockets. The good thing he did though is he at least gave me and the other guy that was there with me. He set us in a room, and said, "Get your story straight," and then left. So, to what? So that you could so so you didn't rat somebody out or mm-hmm. something? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he gave us a chance to. This wasn't yours. It was mine. He was just showing it to me, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so you took the heat. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was nothing I could do. He pulled it out of my pocket. You know, you're busted. I don't know, man. Like, 
It's different now because it's legal, and it's also different because you and I smoked weed. I never thought it was that big a deal. I never. I still don't think it's that big a it's deal. It's not, man. And I'm sure he didn't either, but he's probably covering his ass because. No, I think he has an obligation. As exactly, because what, what what do you do in that situation if you're a teacher and you see somebody with something illegal? Well, a cool guy would have just kept it for himself, but you want to be a dick about it and get me in trouble. He could have just been like, "What's in your pocket?" And you're like, "Nothing." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, cool." Yeah, but I think because he was our coach. I mean, you think he was trying to look out for you? Like he was trying to set you straight I, I or something? I don't think he was trying to hurt me. I mm-hmm. don't think he was trying to get me in trouble. I think he saw a kid with a, excuse me, a bag of weed when he's 15, 16 years old in high school and he's the teacher. I think he was like, I have to do something about this. Yeah. Whether, whether it was, you know, altruistic or whatever, he did something about it. I mm-hmm. got in trouble. Yeah. Less trouble for that than, than the gun. Yeah. That was only a week. It's just so insane to me that that was a thing. We used to buy bags of weed from people for 40 bucks and hide it in your car because you were worried the cops were going to pull you over yeah. or hide it in your sock or whatever. Uh, and now you go to a store and you buy it. Mm-hmm. It's insane. In in the course of- Or you of, can just grow it in your backyard. Or you can. I know some people who- you would never expect to grow weed, and they have enormous plants in their backyard, and they don't even smoke. Yeah. They just grow it because they can. It's a fun plant to grow. I mean, it really is. I mean, I love everything about it. They're pretty. They smell nice. They, they look nice. They do smell nice. It's very distinctive. It is. You can I, – I love to, like, you know, go somewhere, like a Target or whatever, and uh, you just walk down an aisle, and you're like, oh, yeah, smell that. Well, I'm sure – when you're, you know, traveling, you know, down to Bend to see your folks or something like that on the way there, you see the fields where they're growing hemp. Uh, I've seen some fields and I can't remember where they were now, but I've seen, I've seen some things. You could drive out to Dufer. I mean, Azure did last year. I think they did a million plants in their greenhouses. Azure? Mm-hmm. A million plants. They had 40, they bought fans for me for 40 greenhouses. What, what did they used to do where people roll, uh, rode rollerblades around? That, that was... Uh, like Pondo worked in their warehouse that he yeah. was pulling orders of everything, all all sorts of stuff. Produce? I don't know if it's produce. Lots of meat, um, mm. probably dry goods, but like, they, like Bob's Red Mill type stuff. You okay. Know, a little higher end quality stuff. They probably do produce. I know peanut butter, uh, any type of meat. I think nowadays they do produce because they have the Well, they probably don't do anything for it. if they have a million plants. Well, that's 40 greenhouses. That's just the hemp, just for CBD. Why just do CBD? Because, well, hemp's legal federally. You can grow it anywhere. It's, so they it's, can actually. It's an agricultural crop. So that they don't have to deal with the, the uh, cash situation. No, no, they don't have to deal with cash. They do still have to get it tested and regulated. Um, they can't be above, I think it's three-tenths of a percentage for it to qualify as industrial hemp. So what do they do with it? They how, – how do they extract the CBD? Um, there's a lot of different ways. Um, you could do CO2 extraction. You could do alcohol, ethanol, where they macerate it, you know, break it down into small pieces and then soak it in alcohol. Uh, the CRC, you use the <clears throat> so, uh, CO2. But, but what do they do? Do they – okay, because – a marijuana plant that grows a bud that everyone mm-hmm. 
who who has ever smoked weed has smoked that has come from a female marijuana mm-hmm. plant. Yeah, is the hemp is the, that from exa- male? Exactly. Nope. No, it's a female plant as well. So what do they do with the buds? Do they not grow? They buds? process them. You no, know, you could smoke CBD flower. Like it just has CBD in it. Uh-huh. It's low amounts though, especially with the industrial hemp that they're doing. So Again, it's three tenths of a percent. They're so. just growing some shitty strain that they're just using for CBD. Most people are growing the same strains they're doing. There's only certain ones that are coming in as low as they're legally allowed to sell. Mm-hmm. So everybody grows pretty much the same stuff and then they extract it. And that's what you'd see like in, you know, CBD, MD and any of their, their topicals that they give you or tinctures. It's what you'll see on the store shelves. It's the same stuff. They just wholesale extract it mm-hmm. in giant, giant batches. Yeah. And then they get distillate or they get, you know, the, the CBD isolate, which looks kind of powdery, looks like salt. So when you were in that bathroom in uh, your sophomore year of high school and that teacher busted you, did you know that it's going to lead you on a life of learning about the plant? No, definitely didn't think that was going to be my gig. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like I said, I love it. I love what, you know, it's provided jobs. It provides people with peace of mind, comfort, fun. I mean, it's an all-around thing. You can use it for a lot of stuff. It's far better for you than many other things that you could do. And it gets a bad rap. And it's it's not for everybody. No. But the fact that it has been illegal for so long, and still is in some ways. Well, we used to talk about it when we were kids. Someday, you know, this is going to be illegal. We're going to be able to do this whenever yeah, we want. Yeah, but dude, I you never, never thought it would. I never actually <laughs> thought it would be what it is now. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, uh, I was like, yeah, I was thinking about getting some uh some edibles or something and they're like yeah go down to the dispensary and check it out and i'm like man i fucking hate going in those places i feel you feel weird i feel like an idiot i feel like like a three-year-old in a scientist store like everybody there is the smartest person ever and there's six million things to choose from and i don't even know how to speak english and i just i'm like that's why I, if I ever go in there, I order it pre. I feel that way when I go so in there I, too, though. I, I don't want to go in there and hang out. Like, yeah. it's just. It's not a hangout spot. No, it's overwhelming. You're like, no. there's 300 different kinds. You're like, what am I doing? Well, that's, if they're good at their job, your bud tender is good at their job. They will, you know, be your shaman. Mm-hmm. They'll guide you into what you need. Yeah. Like, I just go in and say, where's the mushrooms? Yeah. See, I would guide you into like a hundred milligram edible. No. Something to ruin your night. No. That's me. No, I've been there. I don't want to go back. Sometimes I like to dip my toe in the waters. Yeah? I like to go a little deep sometimes. Yeah? Forget your name? Uh, I forget how to breathe. How to br- how to talk normal. How to breathe normal. You ever just eat one and then go to Fred Meyer or something? I I try not to go to Fred Meyer's or anywhere sober for the most part. I always try to have a little something in me. Yeah. Um, as far as edibles go, I that's kind of more of a home thing. Mm-hmm. I like to do those where I know I'm not mm-hmm. going somewhere. Yeah. 100 milligrams will send you to space. Yeah. It really will. Yeah. It's weird how smoking it can do one thing and eating it can do another. Because one of the, the highest times I've ever been in my life was at the country fair when some dude gave me – I can't remember if it was a a, a cookie or a, a brownie. And he's just like, yeah, it's an edible. And I was like, cool. And I ate it. 
and dude, it was like I smoked. Didn't you get a massage when you were super high? No, I don't think no? so. But I, I laid on the floor in in somebody's tent. I just laid on the floor and I was just, I didn't think I was going to be normal again. It's, I was so scared. And there was somebody outside the tent fighting with his girlfriend. And they're like screaming at each other. And like, like a part of me was like, dude, I should get up and like go diffuse the situation the rest of you wasn't happening. no the rest of me is like you're laying right here dude you're not going anywhere uh well i'm sure you've heard other podcasters talk about it when you ingest it it goes through your liver in the one pass and it's the what was it the delta 5 hydroxy metabolite mm -hmm. which is five times more potent than regular thc mm -hmm. so it acts like a real hallucinogen yeah like right up there with acid and mushrooms yeah especially at high doses so I wonder if when people first stumbled upon it, if that was the, I mean, they wouldn't have known to smoke yeah, I it. Hope, I hope so. I they were just exactly like. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know why you would eat the plant. It doesn't. It doesn't. Why would you smoke it? What do you. Uh, How did they figure out what mushrooms were poisonous or not? <laughs> Trial and error. 300 people died. Yeah. Yeah. And then that one guy. The one guy found the right one and he had an awesome time. <laughs> that one guy's like, so cool, dude, I swear. And they're like, no, tie-dye Dwayne, we're not listening to you. <laughs> tie-dye Dwayne. Did you ever meet tie-dye Dwayne? <laughs> that motherfucker, dude, he, he sold us acid, but it wasn't acid. And we bought, I don't know how much we bought, not that much. Like All of it? 20 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever. And then he skipped town. Because he was selling bunk acid. What a dick. Yeah. But, I mean, his name went down in, <laughs> in folklore. You were there the year at Country Fair that I took mescaline and laid on the mat for six hours under the tree, weren't you? Uh, I was I there five picture, years I, in a row. I have a picture of it. I know some people did some mescaline some of those years. I wasn't one of them, but... Uh, the same year I got my chest painted. <laughs> it was a good year. That was a good year. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I don't think that place is the same anymore. No, you have to get an invite now. You don't just get to buy a ticket and go. You have to get put on a special list. To get into the campground? To get into the Darling Union. It's yeah. Not, you don't get to show up anymore. Well, we used to have to buy tickets like like a concert. Yeah. It's not like that. You can't just buy a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they had some people OD. Did they? Yeah. Some dude OD'd on heroin. Well, and remember the year the dude with the bouncing around in the kangaroo outfit selling crystal meth? Mm, I don't remember that. I, I have so few memories. Remember the naked guy that came into to camp and was like hanging out next to the girls? There were lots of naked dudes. There, there's a specific <laughs> naked guy. He's a very specific <laughs> one. He just walked up, put his arm around somebody's chair, and he's like, so I'm looking to get some action tonight. Any takers? And everybody was like, no, man, we're good. And no, he just, all right, good. later. Just walks <laughs> off. It worked on somebody. I can't believe you don't remember the guy in the kangaroo outfit. It did. It, it, uh, it it was a time period that we – I couldn't do it now. No. I couldn't do it now. I'd like to go back, but I want to keep the memory of it in my head of how it was, not how it is. Yeah, dude. It was different when we were all 22. And then who knows what the fair is like now that weed's legal. Dude, I, I don't know, man. It's just not my scene anymore. I don't no, care. I'm not, I'm not really into the hippie scene either. It, uh, it's, I still have a special place in my heart for it, though. Dude, it's unrealistic. It's not – it, 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 it's it's like a wild, wild country. It's like, yeah, it seems like a good idea, but someone's going to fuck it up. You can't, you can't live that way. Fucking Sheila. <laughs> Ruined everything. Ma, 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 ma Sheila. Sheila. Yeah. No, she, uh, she had some hidden, 
hidden doors. So. As soon as you start trying to poison people. As soon as you buy 46 Rolls Royces. I don't think that was her. That was him. Yeah. He got a little weird, man. He was, uh. He was balling out of control uh, with he the was, Rollies. He was taking, he was, he was letting, uh, old downstairs take a, take care of business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Was he? I don't yeah. remember seeing that in Wild no, Country. He, was, he, uh, was he hooking up? Oh, dude. With everybody's wife? Yes. Well, that's why you become the cult leader, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. You don't do it to not have sex with somebody's wife. Yeah. I mean, you, it may not start out that way, but that's they where, all that's where that it goes. They all, they're all, the good ones. They're all trying to get to heaven. The, the good ones end up that way. Bad ones end up drinking Kool-Aid in the jungle. Colts are weird, man. I think, um, I think there's a lot of them. Oh, for sure. And there's that Nexium one that. There's that documentary about, I don't know if you saw that on HBO. Nexium? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Is with that, that dude just got sentenced to like a hundred years in prison for running the, the sex cult. He was branding chicks. With a cattle thing? Uh, whether it was cattle one or a homemade one that he heated up with a lighter, he was still branding them. What did the brand say? You'd have to look it up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not the guy to come to for facts. That's just, a good part to remember. Just make statements. <laughs> uh, it almost, I feel like it looked like the Louis Vuitton symbol, but it was the XIV or something like that. Mm, they, something to do with the They cult. spelled the name wrong. Like it looked, they use Roman numerals, but it's pronounced Nexium. Mm. That's just one of them. There's been a ton of them in our life. There'll be more. Yeah. Especially Every, with the way things are going. Everybody's looking for the answer, dude. I think and people are just coming out of a four-year cult. Yeah. Well, the, the well, cult, they're, they're not done with it. They're they're on a four year sabbatical. Yeah, there the cult you go. starts again. Yeah, God, I hope not. He's got to die b- between now and then. You don't think so? No, I think he has cockroach cockroach genetics. <laughs> I think he'll just be around. He's part cockroach. I I don't think it matters. You would think anybody that drinks eleven diet <laughs> cokes and eats Big Macs all day long, dude. But I lived for a long time doing that. So, dude, he got COVID and was. Hey, he got the special sauce. Though. Back on the campaign trail in three days. Working for you. Yeah. Yeah. He cares about me a lot. Yeah, he does. Me specifically. Specifically you. I don't think it matters, dude, because there's so many uh, There's so many drones after him. If he dies, the next one just steps in, dude. They're all the same. It doesn't matter what name they go by. He's got, uh, what has he got? Eric, Don Jr., Ivanka? That's his daughter. I always forget. I always get it confused Baron. with the, who is the, Who is the wife, the ex-wife? Ivana. Ivana. See, I get him confused. The daughter's Ivanka. The daughter is Ivanka. And Marla so, yeah. Maples. All three of those kids, Baron, dude, Baron's going to start a different cult. But those three kids, they're going to continue to be in American politics for at least the next 20 or 30 years. I... I, I, this I, is premature, but I would be willing to bet one of those three kids will be vice or president. Ivanka will run. I, I think that Don Jr. has a coke habit, and I don't think he'll do it, and I don't think Eric has the smarts. JFK. That's a different time. You know, that was when being a coke addict and president was cool. Maybe Nixon. Maybe Reagan. Reagan Dude, Nixon, there's no way Nixon was doing drugs. <laughs> Dude, that guy probably slept with his suit on. There's no way. He's a weird dude. Did you ever see <clears throat> Frost Nixon? Yes. That is a great four part four parter. That's a good movie. It's really good, man. Nixon is it just crazy. a movie? Yeah, they have a movie about it. Maybe it was a movie. Maybe it wasn't a four part. Fuck, I can't remember. But it's really good. 
uh, and somebody did it, like uh, not Spielberg, but somebody, somebody big did it. Yeah, was it Oliver Stone? Fuck. My favorite Nixon thing is when Elvis went to meet him to try to stop the hippies, and he's in there all cooked out and brings Nixon a gun as a present. <laughs> this will work. Uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard did it. It's great, man. I just watched it like a month ago, two months ago. Yeah, man. That guy, uh, Frost, he was just like a, a game show host. You know, he was just, he was like Drew Carey or, or not Bob Barker, but like somebody of that nature, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he ends up conducting. One of the biggest interviews ever yeah. up to that point. And Nixon, dude, Nixon is an animal. Yeah. He is a psychological mastermind who was just going to destroy this guy. And then he turns him at the last minute, man. That was so cool. Yeah, I really like that. You know who was an animal? LBJ. Was he? Yeah, he was a sex addict. If you Did you watch All the Way? No. With Brian Cranston playing him? No. Oh, he does a good job. Hmm. But there's the stories about Lady Bird walking in on him with his secretary and how like that changed – Secret Service policy moving forward, so it would never happen again. Somebody would stand in front of the door, so she Something can come like in. That. Like he would, he would cowboy hat he on the door knock. Interviews while he was like getting dressed, and he'd like talk about look at the size of that thing. You ever seen something that big in your life? <laughs> or he'd sit on the toilet, man, I, and 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 do do like interviews with the press while he's sitting on the toilet. I cannot imagine <laughs> being being that person. In in and having that much responsibility and that much power and not being some crazy fanatic sex addict, I don't know how you would not be in that. Yeah, dude, that that has got to be the biggest psychological mind fuck yeah, ever. I'm the fucking man. You are by everyone's account the most powerful yeah. person in the world. Yeah, you're the man. You do whatever you want. Yeah. Nobody can tell you no. And if you're Trump, like, you fucking you just do a ton of insane shit for four years and then pardon yeah. everyone. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. You can't stop me. You No. Yeah. They can't. Dude, he's going to start his own news news thing after oh, this yeah. and make himself billions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Like, en- enough to, to fund another casino that he can bankrupt. I mean, just so much money. It doesn't matter, dude. And it's not just him. He's going to run again in 2024 and... He could put his daughter as his VP, that or his be, daughter could run. That would be and pretty wild. There's enough people that would vote for him. What if he? What if she ran for president and he was VP? And then if if something happens to her, he has to take over. <laughs> he I'm, purpose, I'm back, bitches. He purposely gets her whacked <laughs> so he could take over. That'd be messed up. <laughs> I I, could, I wouldn't put it past him. He, he like, might. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. No. He's the he's he really likes his daughter though. Yeah, he does. But a I lot. mean, he'd still. He'd still get a whack, probably. Yeah. Yeah. She should watch out, man. She should. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Calling it now. 2024. (laughs) Making me nervous. I feel like they're going to kick in the front door or something. (laughs) Coming for you. Mm. All right, Hoover. You want to shut down? Yeah, man. All right, fun. I'm glad you came down, dude. I am too. Yeah. Awesome. You got me to drink two beers. Two? Two of them. Yeah, I drink a lager. Nice. Yeah. Sessions, they're white, good. White girl wasted. They they even take out an S and add the- Session? Uh, whatever the thing is. You know, we have a friend whose dad 
slangs those things. Running I want, I want, him, I want him to be mayor of the Dallas. I want him his to dad, be his dad, president. His dad says no, or his son says no. Don't get him into that. Don't get him into that shit. He he's like a classic entrepreneur. He like, really is. He, you cannot tell him no. Like no. he just he does it. Well, when I got when I got beat up with, by a girl at their concert, the city told him that they wouldn't give them a permit <laughs> to do a concert with the Cherry Festival, and he was like, "Fine, I'll do it myself. I'll, I know. I'll do it all myself." And right? He did it? Yeah. And, and it was were, probably better than it would have been. And they were pissed. Yeah. And they were trying to get him into the fold towards the end. And he was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. 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 yeah he's an awesome dude. Yeah, he is. I'm going to try to get him down here. That would be a good one. All right, Huva. All right, man. All right.